Hi, I'm Mara Webster with InCreative Company, and today I'm th thrilled to be joined by the wonderful filmmaker Nisha Pahuja to talk all about her latest documentary, To Kill a Tiger. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the genesis of how this story came together, because I, I love the fact that initially you were kind of filming a couple of different strands of the story before it became this really centralized story and this very intimate portrayal of a family, and in particular a father, fighting for his daughter and for justice in a, in a small village in India following, um, you know, a really, really horrific sexual assault that happened to her at the age of 13. Um, and so I just wanted to ask about the, the initial journey of kind of filming more than even just that story, because there's so much footage that you filmed with that family over the course of three years. Um, and so I was really fascinated by just like the different strands of filmmaking that you were going through during the production journey. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was so, it was so epic actually. So the, initially the film was a film on masculinity and I was following the work of Mahindraji, who's, who's one of the activists in the film. And Mahindraji was running a program um, for men and boys in, in uh, about 30 villages across uh, the state of Jharkhand. And Ranjit, the father, was, was in one of these programs and, and the, pro the focus of the program was masculinity and giving men and boys a different way of being, being male. So I was actually following his work, following this extraordinary story of these two young boys. I mean, they're so powerful. And then the story of Ranjit and, and what was happening to, to his family um, after his daughter was sexually assaulted. And, you know, at the time I was thinking I, I could sort of, you know, braid these storylines together and I would have this sort of treatise, you know, this treatise on, on masculinity. And we got into the edit room and it, it was just sort of years of kind of banging our head against the wall and a few editors finally coming in, you know, friends of ours saying, you guys, you guys have two different films here and, you know, you need to just sort of focus on, on the one. So that's, that's how, that's how we ended up just making To Kill a Tiger. I was also really interested in just your, your journey and your process of developing the relationship that you did with Ranjit, with his daughter and with the whole family, um, because it feels very intimate in terms of the conversations that you're having. And it's very much about kind of coming into their spaces, into their home, into, you know, the fields that he's working in and spaces that they feel very naturally comfortable in. Um, and so I was just interested in how that relationship really developed to such a space of trust that's so clear in the filmmaking. Yeah. Um, you know, it took it took a really long time, and and uh, it wasn't you know it wasn't instant, and it, there were so many reasons for that, right? Like just the fact that I'm you know I'm you know obviously my background is South Asian, but I'm from Canada, I'm you know a different caste, a different um, different class, education, so many things that you know that were uh, sort of sep that separate us on the surface. And uh, so it took it took some time, I would say probably about four months before the family really kind of opened up and it became um, a very intimate kind of process. And then there was a bond and a, and a real friendship there, a genuine kind of friendship. It took a long time. And I have to be honest, I, I don't know. Uh, there was a moment where I thought, oh, this isn't going to happen. You know, it, it's not going to come together. And as a filmmaker, I think uh, I I am very much about sort of story and 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 character. You know, I'm I'm really drawn to people. So and and I do tend to uh, create very intimate sort of spaces and relationships with people. So um, so I was really feeling like out of my my element. I was thinking, oh, this isn't going to happen here. You know, it's not going to happen. But it did. And and I think part of it was just uh, part of it was just we just kept going back, you know, we just kept going until they were, they were comfortable, you know, they were comfortable with us. And, and I think the other part was, was also just, 
I think it's it's also about you know how you reveal of yourself. Process isn't just that you're taking from your subjects, but you're actually giving of yourself in in return. So, you know, they they feel more compelled to be to share with you if you're also uh, allow, allow yourself to be vulnerable. It also sounds like from from the way that you've spoken about the film already previously that it wasn't just a case of saying, you know, is it okay if we come in and film your story, that it was kind of a continued conversation Mm -hmm. throughout the journey of filmmaking so that it was always a conscious choice on their effort to continue showing up for filming, that going through the court system was always for them and never for the sake of the film. Um, And so what did that look like in terms of just that kind of continued consent and, and why was that something that felt so important, especially for this story to you? Yeah, um, definitely two reasons. I mean, one, the vulnerability of the family, you know, so it was uh, it was so clear at so many different moments, you know, some that you don't even see in the film, right? But it was just so clear at so many different moments that um, we had to continue asking permission and we had to make sure that they were okay and that they weren't doing this for the camera. They weren't feeling compelled to do what they were doing because of the NGO even, right? Like, you know, don't feel pressure. If, if you if you want to drop the case, we'll support that as well. You know, what, whatever you need from us, we're, we're here for you. Uh, it was just important. Like just ethically, it felt that I, that I had to keep making sure that they were doing it for themselves and, and for no other reason. And then the second, uh, the second was obviously uh, the, the fact that we were filming the story, uh, we wanted to make sure that we weren't, we, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we weren't direct, we weren't having an, out, uh, an effect on the outcome, you know, of the case itself, right? Like we were very aware of the fact that their, their story, their case was being taken a lot more seriously than it would have been had we not been filming their you know the story so it was we were constantly checking with the family and we were also checking with the public prosecutor the activists um the defense lawyer like are we affecting are we having what is the impact that we're having on the larger reality here you know it was something that we were conscious of and it was something that we wanted to mitigate you know and also address in an open and and honest way and you know because the truth is, as all documentary filmmakers, when we go into these spaces, we affect reality, we impact reality. We, you know, we aren't without consequence, right? And for me, I felt with this particular film, because it was so complicated, because it was so sensitive, being aware and speaking to people honestly, on camera, off camera, about that was really, really important. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, with with the central crux of this story being so much about a father and, and his daughter with his daughter and filming with her, the initial plan was to not reveal her face and to not reveal her identity in the film. Um, and yet I think there's something really beautiful about the fact that you still filmed with her fully in frame throughout, you know, with the idea being we'll conceal it in post-production. Maybe it'll be animation. Maybe it'll be another actor kind of stepping in and we'll obscure it a little bit. Um, why was that such an important facet to you to make sure that she was still kind of front and center in the frame, even at a point where you were planning to obscure that in post-production? Yeah, for sure. Um, because uh, I did not want to, I didn't want to add to her sense of shame. 
I didn't want to add to her sense of feeling like she had something to hide or, you know, feeling feeling guilty. So, you know, the idea of getting her to cover her face, right, which we could have easily done, you know, we could have easily gotten her to wear like a scarf, right? Um, I could have easily like in post just added like this, this sort of like black band or something. But it felt like I, I did not want to be part of the problem. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be adding to you know all the noises uh, outside of her that were that were somehow making her feel like she had something to hide and that she'd done something wrong you know so um I mean you know there was that emotional part of it then there was also just the very practical aspect of like how do you make a verite documentary by you know obscuring somebody and, and you know filming just kind of parts of her like because initially on our first shoot I think that's what we did we were we just thought, okay, we'll just film her from behind because she was also going to be a very small part of the film uh, initially. So we thought, okay, we'll just start filming her from behind or, we'll, you know, we'll just film her ribbons or just something kind of more abstract. It evolved, you know, and very quickly it evolved because it didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't, it didn't just, it didn't feel good, you know? And, and then once we got into the post and she became a bigger part of the story, it became even more complicated this idea of obscuring her that even even though we did as you say you know we tried some really interesting things including getting an actress to to play her like literally doing a deep fake and that was fascinating and it you know it was it it was it would have been effective had we had we had we chosen to do that but we we were doing test screenings at the same time with audiences to see how they were feeling you know if there were sensitivities that we weren't addressing and without to a person, everyone said, don't hide her. Don't hide her. It, it's so powerful to experience her courage. It's so powerful. And, you know, luckily for us, it took so long to make this film that by the time we were ready, she could give us permission, you know, and, and, and in the end, that's, that's what she did. So. Right. I think that's so beautiful that, that again, it goes back to that kind of like constantly getting consent for every step of, of the filmmaking process because she yes. turned 18 during the time that you were in post-production. And so yeah. what, what was that conversation or what was that moment where she saw some of the footage and, and kind of said, you know, I, I want to be in the film. I want, I want people to be able oh. to see it. It was so powerful. I mean, it was, that was like, I, I'll never, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that moment. Actually, it was, it was so powerful. Two moments I will never forget. One, when, um, uh, one, when we, when I zoomed with the family after they'd seen the film, my sound recorders had gone to their city and, and, and shown it, shown it to them. And, uh, and then I zoomed them when it was over and it was just the look on their faces, right? Just this feeling of, of peace and, um, light, like they, they were all just kind of glowing, right? They'd all been kind of, it, it, like it, it's like they had been vindicated and, and somebody had had heard them and, and put them out into the, into the world as they wanted to be represented. So I think that was a very powerful experience for them. And then the, the other time was we actually, uh, we actually took the father and the daughter, um, Ranjit and, and, and Kiran to, uh, to London for screenings in the UK. And that was so extraordinary because the audience didn't know that they were going to be there. I didn't want to, I didn't want to advertise them, you know, like I didn't want to use a rape survivor to sell tickets or to come to the movie or whatever. So we didn't, we were very private about it. We didn't say that she was going to be there or he was going to be there. And the, 
the moment um the way the audience just erupted into applause and standing ovations when they when they saw them it was so so moving it was really powerful experience so i'm so glad we were able to give them that you know yeah it's also really lovely to kind of with with what we see of her in the film that it's very much about who she is as a person it's not allowing this one moment to define who she is um and part of that feels like it comes from the fact that you made a very specific choice not to ask her about the night of the assault itself um mm -hmm. what made you realize that that was an important delineation in the conversations that you were going to have with her while filming um <laughs> well you know I'm not an expert, right? I'm not a therapist. I thought I have no right to, I have no right to, you know, to do this. I mean, as it was, I was so uh, conscious of the fact that I was filming a survivor and, and a child survivor. You know, I, I filmed, obviously, as doc filmmakers, we film sensitive material all the time, but this was so sensitive. And I'll never forget the first time I filmed with her actually, I couldn't, um, and then, you know, my crew, we were, we had to film something else. We were filming, you know, the, the village group, the group of village women, um, that scene. And I couldn't, I couldn't go. Like, I just needed to kind of be around her and to kind of hug her and to, I, I you know, I got my crew to go. Right. But I, I couldn't, you know, it just felt strange. Um, so I didn't, it, it, for me, it was just, it, it was a no brainer. Like, I don't, I, I have no idea what, how to speak to to an assault survivor i wouldn't know the first thing about what to say so or how to ask and it wasn't my place so i just never never went there you know never never went there and i've gone there with her since you know as we've become really close right i'm in touch with her all the time uh and we we've talked about it you know we've we've, we've talked a little bit about it but um yeah it never was, it was never a question, never a question. And actually, you know, even that main interview that that you see in the film, that was done after uh, the trial, right? It was it was actually done afterwards. It wasn't. I never interviewed her uh, while uh, while this was going on because I didn't want to add to her trauma. I think I talked to her a little bit, like in situ, just to make her feel comfortable. Uh, but the the master interview was done after after the case was over. And with that master interview that you did with her as well, um, I've, I've heard you mention that actually you had the rest of your crew leave partway through that conversation, which I also thought was very lovely and also just very telling of the relationship that the two of you had built up over time. Um, and so what made you make that particular choice of, you know, I feel like actually this should just be the two of us in the room right now. Yeah, it was pure, it was purely instinct. It was just purely something. It was like, I'll, you know, um, uh, you know this as an interviewer right there's there's a moment in the interview where something shifts and there's there's a wall that that goes and you are just so in with that person's humanity it's like a soul connection right it's very powerful and it's palpable you can feel it and that's what happened in that moment and uh it's happened to me a few times in, in interviews and with her I really felt it very strongly I was so nervous about that interview I have to tell you and I felt it in that felt it in that moment. And at that moment, I realized she needs to really talk. You know, she really needs to unburden. She needs to, she needs to, she just needs to express. And so it became very clear to me that 
that was her need. And so I just very gently just kind of said, okay, like, well, you know, do you guys mind just leaving us? And, and it was really, really, really powerful, beautiful interview. I, I have to say where, you know, you, you, I, I really felt her. So yeah, it was, it was a gift. Yeah. And and with filming with her dad, I I love the fact that it's it's not just the conversations that he's having with you on camera. There's so many just observational moments throughout the film, you know, getting to see him working with the land, you know, yes. getting to see him sitting there. What does it look like when he's riding to court in the car with his daughter and just all these kind of very quiet introspective moments that actually tell us just as much about the experience um, yeah. just like some of the isolation that we see him experiencing as well um, and so how did you make sure that you were capturing that as much as you were kind of asking him questions and, and kind of finding where to step in and where to kind of really pull back with him yeah yeah that's I mean that was also that's also a process right like you start to film someone and you look at the material and with Ranjit what was so clear to me is that his face was really expressive like everything that he was experiencing he's not he, he he didn't, you know, he never really articulated things. I mean, the only time he really exploded and talked about the pressure is in that moment where he's talking about his drinking, right? Uh, but overall, he just, um, it's it's like he bottled things up. He didn't say anything, and but but his face revealed everything. You know, his face was just it was so telling. He just had that kind of a face. Both both parents did, and so it became. So for me, it became a very conscious decision to make sure that w when we edited the film, um, you know, that we that we we would focus on that, you know, that that would be one of our kind of guiding sort of principles. Right. It's just this this man and the this sort of quiet strength and the emotions that were playing on playing on his face. And also, I have to say, um, uh, part of why it's so effective is because. I work with a really amazing team of people, you know, I work with a great crew and my, my cameraman is my husband and he's so good. And he also, you know, he's also like, I, I, I remember saying to him at one point saying, okay, I know there's going to be a tremendous amount of tension in the car with, with Ranjit and the ward member going to court. Right. It was so clear that it was, it was going to be tense. And I said, what should we do? How do we capture this? And he said, close ups, like just, it will just be sort of tight, right? So uh, it's also just working with people who really know visual language and 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 what to do. Um, and then my editor, Mike Mann, is so brilliant, and he he comes from, you know, he he he's done uh, features and drama as as well as doc. So he really has an incredible sense of sense of character and sense of story, you know. So it's it's a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of I think the power of the film also comes from from the other people behind it, right? The team behind it. That's really wonderful. And as much as it's about you know building those relationships with this family and filming with them, um, the conversations with their community and with people from their village are also incredibly interesting to listen to. And and I feel like you've done a great job in making it a very non judgmental space for them. Um, you know, it may not be opinions that everybody in the audience agrees with, but we understand the sense of community and culture and, and kind of why those perspectives exist. Um, and so how did you set about making that space for them as much as you're making space for the family to tell their truths? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how did I do that? And why did I do that? Um, I think, I think, I think I just did it because I, I, I have, you know, I've been, I have spent so much time in India, like 
so much time, you know, big chunks of time in India. My husband is from India. Um, and and I think, you know, you, you, you learn, right? India, India is such an incredible teacher. It really teaches you humility. It teaches you complexity. It teaches you... Um, it teaches you that you have to be non-judgmental because if you start to judge, you will lose your mind, right? Like it is such a difficult country on so many levels. And so it forces you, it's always forcing you to go deeper, dig deeper, ask more questions, ask different questions, ask questions that you've not thought about before, ask questions that aren't about black and white because nothing is black and white, period, you know? Like I, I do think that in, in the West, we... Um, our, our cultures are uh, binary, you know, we're, we're logical, we're, our, our cultures are rational, you know, India is not a rational country, it, it, it operates on emotion, right, and, and I think, um, so it forces you to ask, it forces you to ask a different kind of question. And, and it also operates on so many different levels, just in terms of past, present and future, right? Like it's a country that exists in all of those time zones, you know? And, and so when you, when you look at it that way, of course, it makes perfect sense that you go into a village like that and people are going to be thinking that this system is absolutely correct. Of course, you should marry her to, you know, to, to one of her rapists. It makes perfect sense. And, and why wouldn't it? Right. It, of course, it makes perfect sense because that's the that's their reality. That's their experience. That's the culture um, that they're that they're living in, you know. And so when when you realize that you there is no um, uh, the, the right or wrong becomes a different kind of right or wrong. And it becomes about one of ethics and and kind of a larger, deeper morality. You know, you know what I mean? As in kind of a human rights morality. Right. So, uh, but to get people to understand that you, you have to, you can't judge them also, right? So, yeah. I, I also feel like with those conversations as well and, and, a, and a lot of the dialogue that the film creates, it is this one specific story in a specific community in, in a small town in India. And at the same time, there are a lot of viewpoints represented that also exist in Western culture and a lot of other countries mm -hmm. culturally. And so it in turn by being a very specific story, tells a very broad story of society and, and how we yeah. respond to these situations and the conversations that people have, opinions that are created. Um, and was that something that you were very conscious of along the way, especially kind of going back to what you were talking about at the beginning with the initial idea of the film that you were you were planning to tell before you narrowed it down? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, when I started, uh, Me Too was, uh, or it wasn't when I started. I mean, when I started, actually, when I really started was, sort of after the Delhi gang rape in 2012. But shortly after that, Me Too erupted, you know? And so it was it was so clear to me that these issues that I had been reading about in India were so, they were just global, you know, they were universal. And and what we really had to understand was masculinity, right? The 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 issue, the 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 crux of the problem is is patriarchy. It's the system that all of us uh, operate under, right? It's a construct that all of us operate under that it fundamentally uh, imprisons all of us, right? I mean, that's what constructs by their very nature, that's that's what they do. So, um, uh, so yes, and, and I think, I think at one point, um, uh, especially when we kind of shifted gears in the edit, like what was so clear to me as I was filming Ranjit's story is this was a hero's journey, 
right? This was this was a man <clears throat> who had a goal, and and there were obstacles um, along the path, and those obstacles were both internal and external, right? They he was he was going to be um, he had to deal with his own insecurities, his own vulnerabilities as a man from a particular community. Uh, and he was also going to have to deal with the larger cultural and legal system that was standing in the way. It's a hero's journey, and it's um, kind of a David and Goliath story. And those are always universal. And then at the heart of it is love, right? Is is what's motivating this man is what motivates all of us as human beings, right? Is love of family. You know, we will do anything for our family. So you know, it, it was so clear that there would be kind of these global resonances, you know? I also wanted to ask about part of the experience that you had in filming this, which is the moment where some of some of the people in the village were a little bit inebriated and tensions just start to really escalate. And, and my understanding is that was that was pretty far into the process of filming. And so there's been kind of like gradual building tension. And that was something that you and your crew had had discussed. You know, if there's a moment where it feels like we're we're in danger, it feels like things don't feel safe. At what point do we consider turning the camera off? And the initial conversation that it sounds like you'd had together was we would turn the camera off, but we would keep the audio recording. And actually, eventually, there is a point where you also turned the audio recording off. And so, what what was it kind of going on that we we don't see in the film that prompted that decision of you know we really need to just turn the camera off? This isn't about the film. This is just about the conversations that we're having right now in person. You've really done your homework, huh? Like, I'm so blown away. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's like when you're a filmmaker, right? When you're a documentary filmmaker, <clears throat> the your the story is the most important thing. You're always like, okay, whatever, whatever it takes to, to tell the story, you know? Uh but that changes, right? As you as you go through the process and things happen and things unfold and, and you're in something for a long period of time. And in this particular instance, um, you know, we'd been going to the village for a while and it was clear that sort of tension, you know, it was clear that tension was building. And as the case uh, was continuing, it was building, you know, and the family wasn't going to back down. It was, it was getting more and more tense. And so, uh, you know, and I had it very much tried to to mitigate that and to and I had tried uh, you know, with with a lot of kind of intensity, you know, to sort of um, ensure that that didn't, you know, that didn't happen, that there wasn't an explosion, and that, uh, you know, that the villagers also felt that they could talk to me and and could share their version of things. That I was open to that, um, but it it didn't happen that way. And uh, and and so when you know when that when that moment in the film actually arrives we were completely not prepared for it. You know, even though we'd been talking about it, even though we were aware that it could happen, when it actually happens, when it actually strikes, you know, like, oh my God, there's this impending violence. Um, you're, you you know, you're you're kind of in, you're in shock. Like I was, I was definitely in shock, but I was also really calm as were, as were my crew, right? We were all very, very calm. And it, you don't see it in the film, but you know we do go in and out, and we try to kind of calm people down. <clears throat> and uh, eventually, what happens? What happened to me was this feeling of, my goodness, like what have I done? You know, like 
what, what have I done here? Like I, I felt it was not so much fear, although I did feel fear, but the, the overall feeling in that moment was shame. I was, I felt shame. I felt like I had, um, I had kind of uh, upset an ecosystem, right? And those, those communities, that's what they are. It's an ecosystem. And rightly or wrongly, it's an ecosystem that functions. And, and I went in and I shook up that ecosystem, which needed to be shaken up. It, you know, it needs that, right? Um, what I was doing ultimately was, was shedding light on something that's wrong. But I was very aware of, of, of the impact that it was having. And I felt awful about it. So because of that feeling of like, oh, my God. It, everything else went away, like the film went away, um, you know, getting the material, all of that was just, it just went out the door, right? It was just, we need to just step back, shut everything down, apologize profusely to these people and and have a conversation with this community, you know? And so that's what we did. We just shut everything down, uh, went outside, calmed people down, and it sort of went in waves, right? We calmed everyone down and then the men started coming and then it erupted again. And then we calmed them down and it erupted again. And and finally the women said, you need to leave. And they, and they kind of, you know, they guided us to our car. So, yeah. And my husband was so furious. <laughs> He's just like, oh, <laughs> thank you. I, you really have to pay me more. <laughs> Uh, it's been so fascinating to hear everything about making of this film. Um, it's it's a really, really wonderfully told story. And I'm so glad yeah. that it's a story that we get the chance to see on screen. So congratulations on everything. Thank Nisha. you. Thank you. I mean, what an, it, was, it was so wonderful to speak to you. It really was. Can I just add one last last thing? And it and it had to do with um, it had to do with your question about, you know, the, the villagers and, and that experience and what it was like. And I I think I think it's it's from you know it really felt like to me it was the first time was the first time as a filmmaker where um actually it's not true I've had to deal with it before but it was this was a really hard film to make it was a really really challenging film to make on so many levels you know and I would say that um the 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 ethics of it and and then navigating navigating that stuff um navigating that stuff was was really really challenging and and i think um in some sense in a way probably the most powerful part of making this film you know because it forces you to confront a lot of things it forces you to ask questions uh in terms of access responsibility um what to include what not to include you know really makes you think about what you're doing and and the and the and the power of what you the power that you have when you when you wield a camera so yeah I, I really, really love that. And, you know, especially how thoughtful it, it feels like you've been throughout the entire filmmaking process. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. And yeah, thank you. Conversation.